areas to look out for for 2024 price growth under 500k under 750k and under a million bucks now i'm gonna in this episode go through two killer areas for each that the data just shows that things are looking very promising so you're going to want to stick around right to the end to see which two areas fall under the 500 750 and if you've got a larger budget on hand up to a million dollars as well just to give you a little bit of a mix now if you're into finding out more in areas like this going through data why these areas like this move and you want to learn more about some of the different metrics that we go through well, episodes like this will do that for you. But at the same time, I've got the YouTube page InvestorKit, I-N-V-E-S-T-O-R-K-I-T. Would love for you guys to give that a follow so you can check that out and see more content just like this. And you'll be able to go through it and be able to see some of the trends, the charts, the insights that we go through. So please do jump on it, like, subscribe, so you can see more content like this with regards to data on areas that are likely to outperform. So let's jump into it. Firstly, why these three price points? Well, I firstly think on under 500K, that seems to be a super popular budget. And I'm just not saying that from my business and what clients are saying, but also at the same time, I'm seeing from transaction volumes, I'm seeing it from sales volumes in areas that are recovering and or strengthening. And I'm seeing price growth data in that area actually outperform areas that are higher. This doesn't stick around like this all the time. Things have seesaws and demand does shift from higher prices to lower prices then back up again. But right now, it seems to be the flavor on the lower price. And I think interest rates, yields, that might have to do with it just a little bit more. Because remember, it's the middle class that have the highest volume of transactions. So therefore, it's not going to be the upper class that are usually transacting in this in this price range, right? So that middle class having uh, really, you know, healthy confidence starting to change, income starting to change, they want to get ahead. They're the ones who are really starting to go, okay, well, I want to maybe spend a bit more in, in this area or a bit more investing time to find areas like this. Now let's go to 750. This is kind of like the budget with those who are a little bit more capital city friendly, capital city comforted, um, tend to start to hover around in this sort of market price. And then also at 750, it's those with uh, either the starting of their portfolios or who feel like a little bit of less is more. And then you transition to a million dollars and that's more like, look, my backyard, major city for sure, certain rings of kilometers that they like to place around assets, or it's really a true case of less is more for them. And that's the way they operate. Because when you look at rental yields, at sort of that million dollars. Most would go, well, why wouldn't I have the more affordable? But then some people go, well, I don't want to manage two kitchens, two roofs, four bathrooms, two bathrooms, and have two sets of council rates. And the numbers don't change too much then when you start adding that up. So really, it is a bit of an each to their own. So I thought I'd cater in this episode to each of you who are to their own. Now, when it comes to the first one, let's look at 500K. And look, these aren't all the markets that are performing. These are just two that stand out pretty well. And the first market I'm going to run into is the market of Townsville. Now, Townsville was close to Rockhampton as well, which was another market I was saying. But if we were to make a top three list on under 500, I would have thrown Rockhampton into the mix as well. But for now, Townsville is definitely one. And I'm going to give you some data on this one. So firstly, with regards to Townsville median price using APM data and a few other sets as well, they all kind of agreed to that sort of 410 to 430K. So median price of the region, which is really affordable. And that's um, pretty good. Now, the second thing is rental yields are at about 5.83% for the norm. Now, that's just middle point. So you can get sixes and sevens to some suburbs in affordable price points. And obviously, the five to six is the most common in rental yields. 
Now, before you get too excited for the rental yields in Townsville, I do want to give you some caution. And this caution is not bad. It just helps you get reality. If you apply a rule that I call the $40 per week rule, this will help you massively. And I'll try and paint the picture here. If you're looking at insurance bills for properties that I've purchased for others, including for myself in Townsville, I find that two to $3,000 with specialized far north Queensland insurance companies seems to be the sweet spot of where premiums are landing. Now, in other cities that may not have the same weather patterns, conditions, or flood policies impacting them, the insurances are usually 1 to 1.5K or maybe 1 to 2K. So therefore, you're kind of adding 1K on top to do with your insurance per annum. Now, some people will go to other insurers and you'll see premiums of 5, 6, 7, 8K. This is a classic way to just realize, do your homework, because there are specialized insurers that protect that area. And almost every one of our clients, including myself, have been getting insurance in that sort of 2 to 3K bandwidth in most cases, if not all. Now, when you're in that bandwidth, that's 1K. So remember that 1K variance. The next one is council rates and water bill. I'd expect that also to be around 1K combined higher. You could throw in a couple of property management fee miscellaneous numbers. So all you're looking at now is about 2K. 2K higher in terms of bills. Now, little trick, you divide that by 52 and it comes up to be around $40. So if you go that $40 per week, this is where you start to make the net yields more relative. Rather than getting spooked by the insurance costs or spooked by the council rates and other stuff, you can bring relativity into the mix. This is how. Buy a 500K property, say it rents at 540. 540 minus the $40 per week rule due to the heightened insurance council water and the property management. It brings it down to about 500 rent. So if you take a pause here and go, if imagine all these scary words and bills and things didn't exist and I went to another market and I got a property for 500K that rented at 500 a week, would you be happy? Hell yes, I'd be happy. That's a good number, like 5.2% rental yield after those heightened bills. This is what we call bringing it down to relative terms. And now you're starting to compare apples and apples, not just the isolated, oh, look, insurance is higher here. Rates are higher here. Water's higher here. Of course, but so are rents. So this is where you can look at that in more detail. That's a quick tip, helps a lot. And if you're a little bit more conservative, you go, nope, not 40 bucks, let's make it 50 bucks, go for it, be my guest, the yields will still be good. Because you can pick up places there for sort of four to 450 that rent about 480 to 530, so it can happen. Or even 470 to 500. Take away the $40 rule and you're still good and take away $50, you're still good. So enough on bills about Townsville, but everyone seems to talk about that. So I thought I'd throw that in there to help you analyze it correctly. Okay, that was rental yield. What are we looking at now for price trends? Well, price trends have started rising. It's about 5.1% increase in the last 12 months. Now, those who might think like, oh, look, that's not a lot. Well, I want to throw you two things. Number one is that is the start of a cycle. And how I can clearly tell you is that if you take Townsville's sort of last year or two data, and that is, by the way, all of 23 with low sentiment and 22 with low, in, you know, low sentiment too because of interest rates rising. I'm not talking about the COVID boom period. That was 20 and 21. People are forgetting that. That was like now three and two years ago, not this year and last year, which means that this year's and last year's data are actually the periods where everyone saw and thought things declining, things going backwards, yet Townsville was rising positively. So that's the first part. The second part, this spooks people out. 10-year growth has been weak. But that's a good thing in many cases because we're seeing trends and indicators that are different today 
in comparison to what the trends and indicators were there during the 10 years of weakness. Remember, it's not a past performance that drives the future results because just because it's weak alone is not enough for me to say that something's changing. It's changing trends equals future results because now we see something different than what we saw for the 10-year period of weak trends. Now, when we look at that, that 5.1% increase, it's actually more than double the 10-year average on a per annum basis. That's the thing you should be thinking of because now something's brewing, something's starting. And I expect that to get better as the years progress because all the other trends are coming into formation. Now, the next thing here is rental prices are growing too. So rental prices are up 10%, about 9.5 to be precise based on this data, but that is also strong. We go over to vacancy rates. They're not increasing. They're not high. They are 0.4%, very low, well below 1%, meaning it's a strong market. And if we go to housing inventory, this is the sweet spot. Housing inventory stands at 2.1 months for the market of Townsville. Now, different data sources may give you different outputs, but this is our thoughts. 2.1 months is extremely low. Three to four months is defined as a healthy market and anything below three is very strong. Housing inventory for those new to this analysis, just to define that for you, if you took sales volumes and listings, so people transacting versus properties for sale, and you pull them together to create a metric that had a relationship of these two come together, well, that's inventory. And to give you an actual metrics-based example, imagine you have 21 houses for sale in this market. And on average, 10 houses per, per month sell here. 10 and 21 divided by each other is 2.1. Therefore, if you had no more listings show up in the market and you had 10 sales happening per month on average, it would take 2.1 months to absolutely remove all stock on the market. And this is housing inventory. The lower this number is as a proportion of months is how you actually end up seeing high levels of demand versus supply. So we are at a low number here. And remember when housing supply and inventory with sales volumes as well was going back to 2018, 17, 16, these numbers were at four, five, and even six. That is crazy because that means housing inventory is changing, it's declining. And that also means that those numbers were from high amounts to tight amounts. So both trend and static on data levels are quite strong. Now, if we move over to the next part, the inventory trend, we talk about trend and static, is down 22%, so that's good. And then days on market is down 11.8%. So I've given you a whole bunch of stats. I've given you some insights. I always like to do this. I like to turn stats into paragraphs. Com communication is key because communication in paragraphs brings mastery and interpretation. And interpretation of data will give you confidence in decision making. And that's what I want to give you, confidence on your journey. So let's look at that. Prices are affordable in Townsville with a median price of about 410. Rental yields are high, and yes, even whilst bills are considered that are higher, relative rental yields are still high in the grand scheme of things. Rents are rising, prices are rising, and prices are rising at double the growth rates of the 10-year average and in line with growth rates of 20-year average. Vacancy rates are low and there are no houses available for rent or at least very little. Low inventory because more deals are happening and or less listings are there. And with inventory levels, they're declining, making it have more pressure in the market. People are also selling quicker than this time last year, even though sentiment's weaker, interest rates have gone up and interest rates are still high. This clearly shows you trends coming together. They're not all the trends, but they're the main ones you should understand because they'd 
gave you velocity on speed of timing of the market in terms of like how quickly things are turning over. It gave you supply, it gave you demand, it gave you supply for rent, it gave you movements of price short term, gave you affordability. That to me clearly shows that something's happening there. Now I could go deeper and say, hey, look, the macro economy is very strong. It's the lowest unemployment it's ever seen in history. Unemployment was over 10% in 2016. The city deal comes in at 2018 with billions of infrastructure, more jobs, more projects, more defense work, and other things with a diversified job market now starts to see the unemployment go down to crazy levels. Now, unemployment's low nationally in the threes, but this is lower than the national average, which means it's a better local economy than the national average. That is something very important to recognize. So that's the deep dive on one region. We're going to go and give you one more region in this deep dive, and this will allow you to understand that with the two per each, you can start to see the data come together and what's happening in each price point. And so you'll know how to use data, no, no areas, which areas as well. I'm giving that all to you. So please stay to the end so you can see 750K and sub one mil on this journey. Now for the next one, I'm going to go a little bit pacey just because I feel like you're all getting the idea of what's happening and we'll take it from there. All right, so we're on to the next area. Now, um, if I made this a top five list, I'm going to expand it out a little bit. I would have had uh, not only Townsville, not only Rockhampton. I would have had two regions in Perth, Gosnells and Rockingham. And this is not from a, does this fit your portfolio? Because for some people's portfolio, Perth won't fit. And I've given you some clear insights in previous episodes as to why. Uh, but for some people, they just want to know areas that are producing the highest pressure. And Perth seems to have a couple. And Bundaberg seems to still be in very high pressure, even after multiple years of growth. But let's talk about the next one I told you two would go into detail on. The next one here is the region of Rockingham for Perth. And I think uh, many people would love to know what's happening in WA. So I'm going to give you some trends. Median house price of about 500K. Rental yields at 5.41%. Uh, days on market is falling down double digits and falling down at 10.9%. Housing inventory is just over one, which is very tight. So essentially, whatever's on the market is selling in the same month and gone. There's no leftover old stock. You've got inventory reducing 44%. You've got vacancy rates at 0.4. You've got rents rising at 15.6, which means yields are rising really quickly. And they're rising even faster because prices are still rising quick, but at 13.6% below the rental yield, rental gain. That's unreal. Very strong data on all levels. So that no wonder is going to be a strong performer for 2024. So there you have it on the under 500K. Let's jump into the under 750. So it's a bit of a 250K gap here in between the last. And these are just using the median prices because look, there are going to be properties in these areas above 750, a little bit below 750. And even with the 500 regions, there's going to be properties above them and below them. This is just the median pricing and you can figure out options within them. Now, there are many more regions across the country. So I struggle to get these down to two, but I'm just going to give you two that look pretty good. In under 750, we've got the northeast region of Adelaide. So Tea Tree Gully still continues to be extremely undersupplied, still continues to be really moving along well. And if you're a Sydney sider following this podcast, I've always compared the Tea Tree Gully Council kind of towards like the Hills District in Sydney. Very similar, um, at least the more affordable parts for sure. So with regards to Tea Tree Gully, northeast of Adelaide, uh, 25 to about 45 minutes, depending in terms of which part of Adelaide you're from in that Tea Tree Gully Council, the bottom south regions can be pretty quick to get into town, but some do take up to 45 minutes on the far sort of northeast and depending on the traffic conditions too. But pretty good. Got its own little Westfield. Uh, you can jump on the main highway, head out to the Barossa as well. So that too is not too too much of a, uh, a troublesome route for some wines and that too some really good quality wines. 
And then, of course, you've also got that you know famous transport, which is the O-Bahn, bus on rails and bus off rails, does a bit of both. Um, there's some pretty cool hype about that here and that people keep talking about it. So we'll just assume it's pretty cool. Uh, but right now in Tea Tree Gully, uh, what we're seeing is 640k median price. Rental yields aren't as great as what they were, but they're still moving along pretty decent for a major market at 4.14%. Uh, we've got price growth still happening at about 6.7. Rental yields are coming back up because rents are rising faster than price at 13.3%. Vacancy rates are super low. It's at 0.2% and it's an owner-occupied dominated region. R really crazy because in the same geographic area, the region to the left at Salisbury, the owner-occupier rates are like flipped on the head. Like in, in Salisbury, you could see some suburbs with 50, 60% renter rates. When Tea Tree Gully, you could see 10 to 12 and 15% renter rates in some. So it's a very interesting dynamic that geographically on a satellite view of the map, much the same, but then you just see a complete shift in the actual owner-occupier versus renter. So something interesting to know. Doesn't game change your growth results, but definitely if you're looking for a certain appeal in the market you want to invest in and a certain driver, and that's definitely quite clear in the Tea Tree Gully region. Inventory levels super low. So you can expect the rental yield relationship to increase because rents are rising faster than prices. But then the housing inventory being so low at 1.2 months, we're then going to have some house price growth again, which sounds crazy, right? Because Adelaide's been pumping since 2019, 2020, but that region's going to pick up again, which is pretty cool. And then you've got inventory change, obviously reducing. Days on market did increase a little bit, but not much at all. So I do think that what's happened here is that over the last 12 months, we've obviously in Adelaide, Adelaide was the best city for performance in 2022. Uh, it was the only capital city to grow double digits. And then now you go to 23, I think obviously performing that good for that long and loses, loses a little bit of heat. Then all of a sudden the sentiment starts to kick back. Finance take up is coming back up again. The economy is still super strong here. And bang, rents are rising. People are coming in and rents are rising faster than price growth. So the yields are picking back up again. And investors are starting to get attracted again, not only by its affordability, but yields improving. So this naturally puts that pressure on prices again. Now, prices could jump up again in 24, which are likely, uh, but then you might start to see a bit of a slowdown occur again, eventually in Adelaide, just because of the growth cycle it's in. But until that supply dynamic changes, and until the, when I say supply for all three, construction for sale and for rent, and also until the economy changes, growth cycles do not disappear. Don't care what you've heard on the news, what you've heard on the media, what you've heard on YouTube, where people go, we were starting to buy here. I mean, even I was one of the first to buy in Adelaide amongst the major, I guess, interstate groups that buy in investment properties. Growth cycles do not just disappear. Yes, on average, growth cycles might last two, three years on average, but that's just because those are the major booms that were taken into account from 2000, 2005 and 2020, that sort of stuff. You have exceptions to the rule because the conditions need to change for the growth cycle to disappear. For example, Hobart. Hobart's growth cycle emerged in 2015-16 and it grew all the way to 2022 before slowing down. That's seven years. Sydney, Melbourne, 2012 all the way to 2017. That's five years. And then you've even got many of the regional areas in regional Victoria from 2018 all the way to 22. That's four years. So you can see changes all over four, five, seven it does not get defined by a simple thing. It gets defined by two things. Undersupply starting to shift, economic landscape starting to shift. And both of these things are very strong in Adelaide. So expect that growth cycle to continue until these changes occur. 
Okay, let's go to the next one under 750K. And the next one was tough because I struggled between three areas. I struggled between two regions in Brisbane, Strathpine and Ipswich. I struggled between Cairns and Toowoomba. So I've just kind of given you a list of five, even though I said I was going to do two, but I'm going to do the data deep dive on two. Now, we're going to look at the data for Toowoomba for this particular example, um, even though I could say it's a tough one between Toowoomba and Cairns and parts of Brizzy, but we'll just go Toowoomba. Uh, Toowoomba here, 555 median, 4.45 yield, 12-month price growth at 10%, double-digit price growth, pretty unreal, right? Rental, 11.8% growth. So hello, rental yields are rising, even though prices are rising. That's pretty unreal. That's rare to occur. Very rare, by the way, because almost all booms usually have the price growth start to outpace the rent growth once it kicks off. And the price growth then makes yields come down. Yields become pretty unattractive. Investors start to come off. Renters start liking the advantages of renting versus buying because yields are far lower than prices and repayments. And the dynamic starts to shift. People start selling off because of how good the prices are. And then supply starts increasing. I'm giving you all these different signals that start to shift. But because the dynamic of rental prices are increasing faster than sale prices, it therefore means that you could see another run or a continued run as yields continue to elevate, even though there's a boom occurring. Crazy. That's very strong. Now, vacancy rates are at 0.5%. Inventory at two months. Days on market has stayed stable. So all these things are changing. Uh, days on market increased a little bit, about 5%, but not, not a major change. So in summary, you're still seeing the growth rates of Toowoomba continue, and Toowoomba's boom will likely continue into 2024. Before, again, two signals, supply conditions, economic conditions, both extremely undersupplied and low unemployments, high job ads, high infrastructure spend. Whenever starting of these two starts to shift, they have domino effects in many ways. But these are just some signals to keep an eye out. So we'll go over to the under 1 million, which leaves us a little bit of a gap between 750 to a mil. But looking at these areas, I do want to point out one thing. Median prices at a million, you add on as a fourth bedroom and two bathroom home, suddenly you're operating well above medians. And that's a key thing. That's fine, but just important to note that the homes you might be looking for probably will be over a mil, which gives the people listening to this and watching this an opportunity to see markets both above that mil and slightly below that mil. Okay, the first one. This one is in the Sunshine Coast market. Now, with the Sunshine Coast market, this one, you could almost say a 2025, it starts to look good. Maybe not a 24, but I'm kind of giving it that end of 24 slash 25. Sunshine Coast has come off a huge boom. So people will think like, oh, it must be done by now. It's had massive growth. But a couple of things. The migration keeps pouring in. Prices are still affordable. Rental yields are coming back really quickly as rental growth comes in and supply starting to fall off. A few indicators I'm not liking though, but that's quite normal because it came off a boom. And I do think that maybe around late 2024, this comes back up into the mix again, or it might calm down. It might be more 25 answer. So we'll let you decide as you go through the data, but here's just, here's just some of the data. Uh, Budrum is a SA3 in the region of Sunshine Coast. And these are all SA3s. If you want to Google that term, you'll learn more about them. Uh, now, with regards to them, they're essentially just cluster of suburbs put together. But Budrum's region price here at 985K has rental yields at 3.8%, with sale prices now flattening. Uh, rental trends, though, rising at 5.9% growth. Vacancy rates low at 0.9%. Housing inventory, big shock here, has come down to 1.1 months, a reduction of 
0.3% of housing inventory. So this is a big change. Remember, things start with an undersupply. So that price slowdown that happened has now seen rental yields increase. Inventory fall. Days on market did uplift a little bit, but I do believe that will change the other way due to the low inventory that will place the pressure on this market. So keep an eye out for this inventory going to days on market, vacancy rates low, increasing rents, rental yields rising as prices stabilized because rents are rising faster than prices. Put that together with macroeconomic conditions of a very strong local economy, lots of people moving over, lifestyle, jobs, opportunities, with CBA's Regional Mover Index in line with the Regional Australian Institute showing the recent data that Sunshine Coast was the biggest recipient of internal migration. That in isolation is not the changer, but you start adding a strong economy, people moving in large numbers, a good low supply area of Budrum, inventory falling off a cliff and staying low. So now you've got lifestyle, migration, affordability, good rental yields, inventory staying low, and things may come back for a second run and this is what we classify what's called a second wind market. Second wind markets are markets that boom, come off a boom, but indicators change and reignite a secondary boom. The secondary boom never lasts as long as a primary boom because it's a second wind. It's kind of like that last lap that you've got in the energy when someone goes, come on, 10 seconds more, you keep pushing. Then you push suddenly, magically. When someone goes, oh, we're down 10 points at the end of the timeout and you go, we've got to get this last minute going, play defense team. I just went all Coach Carter up in here, but uh, uh, that's essentially what you need to consider with second wins. You can't keep running at high-intensity defense the whole you know, fourth quarter just because your coach said so. You might have a bit of a run, but that's the key thing to note. So just to be mindful of that. The second one here, the final one for under a million, but slash over a million, um, it was a tough one. I was kind of stuck between the region of Chermside and the northern suburbs of Brisbane and Campbelltown as a SA3 region in SA, Australia Campbelltown, not Sydney Campbelltown. Remember, two different Campbelltowns. But the Campbelltown of SA is the one that I decided to go with. So rental yield still kind of low at 3.67, but pretty good for a million dollar price range. And we've seen Campbelltown's median price around that 800K. So it's a bit closer to that 750, 500, but not quite that million. So it's in the middle. Um, rental prices are increasing at 12%, whilst house prices increasing at 7.5. So this is good. We're having that recovery in prices in more of the inner parts of Adelaide, but the rents are rising, so yields are actually getting better. Vacancy rates are low at 0.3. Housing inventory is declining. So here we go. We're snapping back again, and we're at 1.6 months. Super low numbers. Very good. We've had days on market actually fall. That is interesting, because remember, most of the inner to mid rings of all capital cities saw days on market lift in a 12-month trend, but shorten on a six-month trend. Whereas Campbelltown's fallen on a 12-month trend whilst low supply, whilst low rental vacancy, and recovering yields. You can expect another little mini run there as well. Similar to Budrum, I'd say a second wind, but the trends seem to be that little bit stronger than Budrum from that angle, noting that days on market's falling, inventory's falling and low, vacancy rates are low, and rental yields are gonna improve because they're rising rents at a faster rate than prices, Although whilst Adelaide slowed down a little bit in the inner area, the prices of Campbelltown did not. They actually increased at near double digits. So it gives you some insights as to what's happening in three buckets of prices around the nation. Under 500, under 750, under a mil. There's about 16 markets across the country that we're really liking from Investicit in terms of what we're seeing. And this market number is actually interesting enough, likely to rise to 20 based on some of the recent data sets that we're reviewing 
And we're looking at introducing our next batch of early markets because I think there's going to be a little bit of a slowdown in some areas. People are going to be then all attention on other areas. And then we're going to see those slowdown areas start to pick back up. And I'll reveal more in future forecasts. But for now, going to recap, Rockingham, Townsville, and I threw in a few others of Bundy, Rockhampton, and Gosnells as well. And if we look at the under 750, I won't give you all the areas, but it was Tea Tree Gully in the Northeast. Also was looking at Toowoomba with the Amina and Cairns being closely to Toowoomba. Uh, actually, I did kind of give you all the areas now because I also said Brisbane was doing pretty good. But the under one mil, I'm going to keep something close to my chest for sure. Um, it's Budrum in Sunshine Coast and it's Campbelltown in Adelaide. So I hope this helps you. If you cross over the mill, there's a few other regions in Sydney that naturally have been pumping up and likely to continue. But this should give you some insights on what's happening across the nation in a few different price buckets and some of the data that shows you why at a level of interpretation as well that I hope you can uh, really grasp and make some good decisions with. All the best on your investing decisions, all the best on the data that you analyze. And if you want more data like this, please revisit us at Investikit on the YouTube page. Or if you'd like to download detailed insights and research papers that show all this and more whilst you're having a coffee, looking at these reports, that's on investikit.com.au. Click on our research tab and there's free white papers that are all yours to check out.